Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Stacey and welcome to the Hockey Minds podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Vincent Petrangelo, head coach at Arcadia University. Having not known Vincent before speaking with him on the podcast, My initial interest came from his involvement in creating a new program and learning the ins and outs of the operation. After diving deeper, it was clear that he had much more to his story, and I think the entirety of his thought process, packed with great information for prospective coaches, was on full display throughout the conversation. With that, here's Vincent Petrangelo, head coach at Arcadia University. Today we're joined with Vincent Petrangelo, head coach at Arcadia University. Vincent, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I uh, appreciate it and really uh, looking forward to talking some hockey with you. Yeah, for sure. I think anytime we can talk hockey, it's uh, it's a lot of fun for for both sides of the conversation. But, uh, you know, you're in a unique opportunity here where uh, starting a new program and, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but um, maybe we'll just start talking about you and and some of your background. So how about you tell us, uh, you know, a little bit about your upbringing, including uh, where you're from, and then your involvement in youth sports. So I'm uh, originally from Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, It's a small town in northern Michigan, right on Lake Michigan. Um, I guess Traverse City is best known for in the hockey world having the NHL prospect camp, um, which uh, is hosted by the Detroit Red Wings, and then also uh, Detroit had their training camp there for years. So. my introduction to hockey, uh, I was seven years old. Uh, my best friend at the time, Joe Frawley, uh, had a rink in his backyard. Um, and him and his brother were always on it. And I was always over at their house. So it basically was, you know, if I wanted to have fun with my friends, I had to learn how to, how to skate and how to play. Um, you know, so I told my parents that. And you know, that was a little shock to them because no, one, no one's ever played in my family. Um, so my mom signed me up to learn to skate, um, and then I did mites and, you know, that was my start into hockey. Um, you know, I, I pretty much tried every sport when I was younger. Um, I just, you know, I, I loved playing everything. I did, you know, YMCA soccer. I did T-ball. Um, I did junior golf. I tried basketball too, but ultimately I just, you know, I loved playing hockey. Um, and that's, you know, the sport that I chose, um, you know, when I got older, uh, when I was in high school, um, we, we played a little bit, you know, less of an amount of games when I was in high school. So I had a little more free time. Um, and I picked up, uh, I played two years of tennis in high school. Um, and then as well as I played two years of lacrosse. So, um, you know, those were, those were awesome to just kind of pick up and be, um, you know, I, I thought I was, you know, was pretty good at it for, for never playing. You know, in tennis, I got a few, few medals out of it. And, you know, I was even a captain of our lacrosse team my senior year. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. There's, there's so many different takeaways you can have from working and, and playing different sports. And um, that's a question I ask every single person on the podcast. And it's always interesting to hear that uh, while everybody is, is working hockey later in their careers, um, a lot of times hockey isn't the first sport. And, and while it is in your case, you know, the primary sport, there were a lot of other sports infused there and kind of just, goes to show the passion that's uh, in sports overall. So moving into school a little bit, talk a little bit about your schooling, which included time taking a master's in sport management program. And uh, just talk about what you learned there. So I started, uh, you know, I played collegially at Finlandia University. So that's where my schooling started. 
Um, I ended up transferring uh, midway through my junior year uh, to Ferris State University just for a few different reasons, a lot of them you know, academically focused. Um, I graduated from Ferris State University in uh, 2015 with a bachelor's degree in uh, healthcare administration. So that would be basically um, you know, the business aspect of, of working at a hospital. Um, and it was a degree that I, I really enjoyed and something that I could uh, you know, see myself doing you know, if, if hockey didn't work out. Um, you know, I just, uh, you know, recently in the, in the past couple of years, uh, I've been, you know, doing my master's degree. So I'm actually one class away from graduating with my master's degree in sports management from SUNY Cortland. Um, and I started doing that, um, in, in 2017 when I was actually, um, at SUNY Canton, um, as part of my, um, benefit package, I got, you know, one class a semester, uh, paid for. So, you know, I, I looked at it uh, for a number of different reasons. I thought it was really beneficial for me to get, um, you know, the first being, you know, it was free education for me. Um, you know, the second was, you know, if I wanted to advance in the hockey world, you know, I, I don't have the, the flashy playing resume like a lot of guys. I didn't play pro. I didn't play at the, you know, NCAA Division One level. So I really wanted to separate myself with education. Um, and then three, you know, it was just, later on in my career, if, you know, after I retired from coaching, if I wanted to get into athletic administration, maybe possibly going an athletic director out, you know, that was something I could do with this degree. Um, you know, I, I never thought I'd go back to school after I graduated from, from college, but, um, you know, I've had a lot of fun with it. You know, it's, it's been a, a slower pace, you know, obviously having the one, only the one class each semester, you know, fall, spring and summer. Um, but I've taken a lot of interesting classes that, you know, I've learned a lot from and have applied now to, you know, my current role. Um, you know, I've taken, you know, sports law and, and sports marketing, you know, uh, facility management, uh, you know, all those things have been, have been great for me. And, you know, uh, I, I can't wait till I'm done. You know, it's going to be a really, really fun day when, when, when that degree is completed. And, um, you know, it's something I'll always have moving forward. Definitely. It's uh, it's always an interesting perspective and hearing the, the different schooling involved with those in the sport and, and when it's a sport management program in particular. Uh, I went to Brock and, you know, the, the facility and event management and sport law and sport finance and sport marketing, uh, advanced sport marketing, I, I even took it that far. I always love those types of courses and, and anytime you can study sport, you know, it, it really does um, take away that dreadful aspect that some people associate with school and, and makes it fun. So um, interesting to hear about your time in that program and uh, the continued schooling that you do. So backpedaling just a little bit, uh, another part of your journey, obviously, was your playing career, uh, which included being the second overall pick in the CSHL draft. Uh, just talk about your time as a player and the lessons you learned that, uh, you know, carried into coaching and hockey operations later in your career. Right. So, you know, I guess I'll, I'll start, um, you know, with my high school playing career, you know, being from northern Michigan, that's, um, you know, what a lot of players do. Um, you know, growing up, that's all you wanted to do was play for your, your high school team. Um, so I played, you know, for Traverse City West. I played for a coach by the name of uh, Jeremy Rintala, who's been a very um, influential person in my career, but not only as a uh, as a uh, my playing career, but also as my in my uh, my coaching career too. He's been very influential. So, um, you know, I, I loved my time playing high school. Um, you know, I, I'm a rarity where I knew what I wanted to do when I was 15, and that was coach. So pretty much everything I've done since this point or since, uh, you know, I was 15, um, has gotten me to, you know, being a coach. So, um, and, you know, a lot of that stems from, from Coach Rinella. He kind of saw that in me then. Um, so, you know, I knew that I wanted to coach at the NCAA level. I knew I had to play at the NCAA level. Um, and I knew that in order to play at the NCAA level, I needed to play juniors. So, um, you know, leaving high school, um, you know, I ended up trying out for Team Michigan, which is a, uh, for all, only seniors, you know, after their senior year can try out and it's just to see, you know, all the best players in the state and you basically go and play the best players from other states. And, you know, that's where the, uh, the Metro Jets saw me. Um, you know, I had a few other teams uh, interested in me too in that league, um, but Metro drafted me very early and it was, um, you know, that was an awesome experience. It gave me a lot of confidence to have a team take you that high and to, you know, have that feeling of really being wanted. Um, you know, I went to camp there and I loved everything, uh, you know, that, that they had, um, you know, I really liked the coaching staff. I played for, uh, Jamie Hayden, who, uh, was from the Western hockey league and he had a, a longtime Meyer pro career. 
Um, you know, I met some of the best friends I've ever had to this day. Uh, you know, Jonathan Elliott uh, is a guy now from, he's a St. Mary's assistant coach in NCAA Division III. Um, you know, I met him in juniors and we've stayed in touch. And, you know, we, we, we talk all the time, pretty much like every day, me and him talk. Um, it was a great year for me development-wise. You know, I, 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 I developed so much and I really didn't, didn't think I would, right? You know, I thought I was ready right away to play and, and make a big impact, but I, I needed that time to develop. So moving into coaching, as you touched on a little bit, uh, you got your start in the high school level. Uh, touch on those initial coaching experiences and the things that you learned in those uh, first couple of positions. So, you know, my introdu introduction to coaching is, is, is very interesting. Um, I ended up fracturing my collarbone when I was playing at Finlandia my junior season um, in September, right in, in captain skates. So it was the first significant injury I've, I've ever had. And it was the first injury that actually kept me away from playing. Um, and I experienced this, this feeling of almost being alienated. You know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't practicing. I wasn't working out. I just felt, uh, just felt away from the game. And I ended up calling my high school coach and kind of, you know, expressing that to him and talking with him about that. And he said, well, have you ever thought about, you know, coaching while, you know, going through this and, you know, that maybe that's a way to get you back on the ice. And um, he ended up actually knowing the head coach for Houghton High School, which is, you know, in the town that I was living in and going to school at. Um, you know, that coach reached out to me and had an opportunity to me to, to coach the fall league, which is this little season before their actual season starts. And, you know, I, I did that and that kind of just translated into me, you know, coaching. So um, I started as an assistant with Houghton, you know, working with uh, coach Corey Markham, who is a, uh, in the Hall of Fame in Michigan for high school hockey coaching. Uh, you know, I got to a point where then I was actually now playing and coaching. Um, and, you know, I would go from my practices in the morning to playing, to going to school, to then going to my practices as coaching. And I just, I had a better feeling leaving the rink when I was leaving from coaching. Um, you know, and then, you know, I ended up leaving, um, you know, Houghton High School uh, and, and leaving Finlandia and, and transferring to Ferris um, and coaching at Big Rapids and that opportunity was sprung um, in the in the summer um, you know I didn't know where I was going to end up uh, schooling wise after I left Finlandia I basically took a, a, a semester off to kind of figure out you know where I was going to finish my schooling um, I ended up working uh, a tryout with uh, a trial camp with Team North as one of their assistants um, under coach Tim Blaschel um, so I was helping him with his tryout and he was kind of picking my brain about things. And he asked me, he's like, Hey, have you ever thought about, you know, going to big rapids, you know, going to fair state and, and being my assistant coach with the high school team. And at the time, it wasn't really something I even considered. Um, and he just kept on me about it all week as we went through the tryout and my old high school coach, again, Jerry Marino pulled me aside and said, Hey, if you really want to get into a high level coaching, you know, I think this is a no brainer for you. Um, you know, Tim Blashill's brother at the time was coaching Grand Rapids. Um, Tim worked as an assistant at Ferris for six years. Um, Big Rapids only has one rink and that's Ferris States Arena. So, you know, I'm in there, I'm around that staff, um, you know, and it was just, it'd be a really good place for me to learn. Um, so I looked into it more. Ferris had the major I wanted. It was close to home and everything just kind of made sense for me. And so I, you know, I, I called Tim and, you know, I said, Hey, if that offer's still there, I'd, you know, I'd really like to come and be your assistant and finish my schooling at Ferris. And, you know, that's what, what I did. Um, so the first two years of me coaching high school was a lot of, I'll say learning. And I learned from some really good, really good coaches. Um, my second year at Big Rapids, um, I told him I wanted a bigger role. Um, you know, I just, I want to do as much as I could. And he kind of let me do that. And a lot of the things that he let me do, I still translates to this day. You know, he promoted me to associate head coach. I was now doing our, our scheduling. I was ordering our equipment. I was doing all of our practice planning. You know, I was doing everything that a head coach would do. Um, and it really, um, really prepared me for that next level. So, you know, I'm really appreciative of Tim and everything that he had. And, you know, I have to mention that the, the people that he introduced me to, you know, I, you know, I got to, you know, meet his brother, Jeff, and, you know, obviously got introduced to the Ferris State staff there. And it was just a really good two years for me uh, working at Big Rapids High School. Yeah, a, a really great opportunity. And, and one of those situations where, you know, you, you see the opportunity and, and the people that you can interact with and you dove in there and, and made those connections. Uh, let's just keep going with the topic of Ferris State. Uh, you had a couple opportunities at that level to work at university and college. 
Um, talk about how you found yourself in those positions and then specifically walk us through the experience of uh, winning a championship with Ferris State. So, um, you know, the Ferris's volunteer assistant, uh, the, the volunteer before me, Joshua Shields, he left very late to go to Muskegon in the USHL. Um, so they had a position open, you know, really late. And, um, you know, they saw me around the rink every day for, for two years, you know, uh, just working, working hard. And, um, you know, I, uh, coach Daniels called me on a Monday and I interviewed on Tuesday and my first day was Wednesday. It was a really quick process. And, um, you know, it was an unbelievable time an unbelievable year. I learned a ton. It was an unbelievable, unbelievable staff to, to learn from. Um, you know, I, I constantly found myself writing stuff down, which, you know, if you know me is not something I'm, I'm used to doing, but it was just stuff that I had to do, uh, you know, cause I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have remembered it if I didn't. Uh, you know, the, the other thing that was really unique about my experience there was my two primary roles were individual skill and video. And those were two things that I had never really done before. So I really had to, you know, get pushed out of my comfort zone and, and learn two new things. Um, you know, with the individual skill, you know, I was working with guys that, you know, wanted to play in the NHL and they were really focused on at the time when I was there was, was, was shooting. So getting their shot off quicker, disguising their shot, you know, shooting in stride, shooting from different angles. And so I had to teach myself that I had to teach myself skill drills and, you know, I wanted to learn how to do it so I could teach them. You know, I did a lot of, uh, skill video I did a lot of uh, Daryl Belfry stuff to, to kind of really learn all the techniques I had to learn like I said learn myself and then teach them um, and then the other part was video too that was something that I never um, really had the chance to do um, you know I had to learn the intricacies of, of learning uh, sports code game breaker that's what we use there um, you know learning how to tag learning how to clip everything like that um, and those are things that translated to the division three level too that I found myself doing so um, you know, I, I really uh, am appreciative, appreciative of, of, of doing those two things. Um, obviously, winning a championship is something that I'll never forget. Um, you know, we, we just, the whole year, we were about 500, right? We just clicked at the right time. Um, you know, we had the team to do it. Um, you know, we had four senior defensemen, one of which who was a fifth-year senior who played on the 2012 Frozen Four team. You know, we had the goalie that could win us games. We had tremendous leadership from Kyle Shemp, who was drafted by the Islanders. You know, we also had the guy that could put the puck at the back of the net at the end of the day, and who, when it was a time you needed someone to score, he could do it. And uh, Gerald Mayhew, who is now playing for the Minnesota Wild in the NHL. So, you know, we had all that, and it clicked. Um, you know, we were the underdog the whole way. Uh, we were the fourth seed going into the WCHA Final Five, and and we beat Michigan Tech, uh, won nothing, and advanced to the, the final game, played Minnesota State. We won on a penalty shot, um, which was scored by Gerald Mayhew, to, to then go on to the national tournament. Um, you know, there we played St. Cloud State. They were the number two overall team in the country. Um, and, we, you know, we ended up beating them in overtime, uh, which was a, a shock to everybody. And we had to play Denver. Um, you know, the winner of that game would advance on to the, the Frozen Four, and we played Denver to a 3-3 game all the way to about six or seven minutes left in the third. And, you know, that's how close we were to, to going. And it was a really um, awesome experience for me to have that in my year one of coaching collegiately. Something that, you know, my brother put it best for me was that, you know, I'll never know if I'll ever go back to that. So, you know, it was a really, um, it was a really awesome time. Yeah, I think any time that you can have success, especially in your first year, it's very key. Um, a couple of times I've mentioned on the podcast about, uh, my initial internship with the Newfoundland Growlers and two or three months into the internship, we won the uh, Kelly Cup. So uh, just one of those experiences again, where everybody says, you know, you may never get to this point again. And in college hockey, it's, as you know, it's quite the route to get to that, uh, that final tournament. So just to, uh, to go as far as you guys did is uh, pretty impressive. And I'm sure there was a lot of takeaways um, as a coach and as a person that you uh, were able to get from that experience. So following your time at Ferris State, uh, one of the opportunities you got was to coach at Canton. How about you just talk about that opportunity and maybe some of the major takeaways uh, in that role? Right. So when I, um, so when I left Ferris State, um, you know, I, uh, I wanted to be, like I said, a Division three head coach. That's what I wanted to be. So I needed to be a Division three assistant. So I, um, 
you know, I uh, applied for some jobs out of that. And, you know, I, I talked to some of the contacts I had and I just ended up having a mutual friend with, uh, with head coach Alex Boke and we, we got in touch and, um, you know, I went out there and, and I went on a, a visit there, I guess, to, to see if, Hey, this is, you know, this is going to be the program that I want to, uh, to be at. And, you know, me and Alex just sat down and it was a very, um, very one-on-one and personal interview. And, um, I just loved everything that he had to say. Um, you know, he was, uh, he's only a year older than me. Um, he just got done recently playing, uh, professionally with, with Wilkes-Barre in the AHL. So I was going to then learn some, some stuff from the, the pro level, which was a level that I hadn't learned anything from yet. Um, you know, the one big thing was Alex was going to give me the opportunity to, um, help turn around a program. Um, the one thing is, you know, uh, Canton is an independent school and, um, you know, independent schools have a harder role than a lot of schools in, in that do plan conferences. So my, you know, my thought was if I could, you know, help make this, you know, school into a premier college destination and, and turn this program into something that would win, you know, that would really help me, you know, advance. And, you know, like I said, Alex was going to give me that opportunity. You know, we really sat down and we wanted to tackle it head on together. And it was just me and him there. We were the only two on staff. So we had to wear a lot of hats. Um, you know, I love my time in Canton. I spent three years there. It was an unbelievable city. Um, very, very uh, invested in hockey. Uh, St. Lawrence University is there. Um, Canton's there. Canton's a program that, you know, not too many people know about. Uh, for years, they were a junior college um, and a powerhouse junior college. They won 15 national championships, uh, coached by legendary Terry Martin. Um, you know, there's, you know, I think on the one street in Canton, the street that I actually lived on, uh, there's four coaches that currently coach Division One college hockey that grew up on that street. Um, so it's just a very unique hockey town and it was just, it was very small too. And it's just something that, you know, I loved and I, you know, I thought it was going to be there a lot longer than, than three years. Um, you know, year one, um, you know, our first year there, we, um, you know, that was kind of our, just getting our feet wet, you know, coaching at the division three level. Um, you know, we didn't really make strides until we brought in our, you know, recruiting class for, for year two, um, which would have been our freshmen for year three. Um, you know, Alex and I, you know, basically evaluated our program and said, Hey, like, where do we want to take this? You know, where do we want to take our program? And so we did that and we, we had to develop a, you know, a recruiting strategy. Um, you know, and, you know, I thought we did really well with, with that. And we, um, you know, we, we knew that we had to do some things different from other teams at our level, you know, just with us being independent, you know, just because of, 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 you know, student athletes hearing that we were going to lose 50% of, of, of the population that was out there just because, you know, of them being uneducated with what really what, what being an independent NCAA school met. Um, we also knew that, you know, if we tried to go head to head with some other, other big schools, you know, Oswego and Norwich, like we were going to lose those recruiting battles um, just because we didn't, you know, we didn't have that, but we knew we had a lot to offer and we needed to show kids that. So we built a really good, recruiting strategy and then it was you know our time to execute it you know one of the big things that we both sat down and said is we want guys that come from winning programs right so the first thing that we did was we we went to uh the charlotte rush um a program that just won the national championship at the tier three level um i you know i i personally believe if uh, if you're an ncaa division three coach and you're not recruiting from the charlotte rush you're already four years behind i already you know i i have tremendous respect for you know, what Ryan Crothers and, and, and Trevor Jewell down here, um, you know, their guys are so college ready um, coming out of the tier three level. Um, not only a standpoint that those guys win, but their culture here is tremendous and that, you know, seeps into to our team. Um, so we went down and I made it my goal. Like we're going to get, we're going to get, you know, at least two guys from this team. Um, you know, we got, uh, we got guys from, from levels that's maybe some other teams wouldn't, uh, that wouldn't, uh, go to or recruit in. Um, but I'm a personal believer that there's good hockey players everywhere. So we were going to leave, you know, no stone unturned. And, you know, I dove into uh, a junior C in Canada, uh, the PJ uh, CHL. Uh, I ended up recruiting one player uh, out of there from the Port Perry Mojax, Jeffrey Gold. Um, so we took this player out of, uh, of junior C and his, his first ever game at the collegiate level, he was on sports center for the number two play. Um, you know, we took a, a kid from junior B out of Castleman, Ontario, who, um, was one of the most talented players I've ever, I've ever recruited and I've ever seen. And he was, you know, playing junior B, 
Um, you know, to go back on that, we had, uh, uh, you know, Zach Ahla, who won a championship with uh, the New Hampshire Avalanche in the EHL. Um, we had three guys from the Toronto Patriots who I think went on the, went on the longest winning streak in OJ history. Um, so we just got a lot of guys that came from winning programs and were used to winning. We went everywhere. We went to different places. And, we, you know, that's what we had to do to make our program work. And, you know, we got that group in and it was, you know, it was 14, of, 14 freshmen basically half our team. Um, and we basically doubled our win total in one year. We went from seven to 14. Um, and, and that was, you know, so rewarding to see. Um, I'll say the biggest thing that, that really hurt is that we went, we went seven and one our last eight with that group. Um, and our season came to an end because we didn't have an opportunity to play playoffs with, uh, with not being in the conference. And, you know, if we had that, you know, with, with how hot we were and how well we, we were developing as a team, you know, we had, I think we had a really good shot and, you know, we had 14 wins and I'll tell you that we started one and four and we, we probably gave away two or three games right off the bat. And, you know, when you look at those, looking back at it, you add those to how many we had and now we're pushing 17, 18 wins. You know, that's maybe on the mark of, of, of getting an at large bid to the national tournament at the division three level. And, you know, we were, we were really, really proud of that. And that, that recruiting class really, really, you know, springboarded me to getting, you know, the job at Arcadia. Um, just seeing, you know, the numbers I brought in, how well they translated at the Division three level, um, you know, and that really propelled us to another great recruiting class after that, in which we brought in another group of 10, um, again, having that same kind of recruiting strategy. Um, you know, some people might argue this with me, but I'm a big believer that, um, you know, you need to be realistic with what your program is, where it is, where you want to take it and how you're going to take it there and have a very analytical approach to it. Because if you just try to do maybe what some other teams are doing or maybe trying something that doesn't fit your school and fit what you're trying to do, I don't think you're going to be very successful with it. You know, I took this approach to where, you know, when, when we, what we did at Canton and it, it, it seemed to really pay off for me and that's, you know, how I, how I do things. And, um, you know, by the end of my, my three years at Canton, um, I actually got promoted to associate head coach um, the summer before. And, um, you know, I was actually at Canton for a fourth year. I started there, um, you know, in August and, and through September. And then, you know, I ended up getting hired to start this new job. And it was very tough to, to end up leaving a team that I was so invested in. Um, you know, every single guy in that team I recruited. Um, and the seniors were the group that I came in with. So that was very hard for me to leave um, that team. But it was what I had to do. And it was my next step was, you know, I was being that from that assistant to being a head coach. And, um, you know, looking back at it, like I said, uh, you know, there was going to have to be a time where I, where I left. Um, but I do, uh, like I said, I did, I, I loved every minute of me being at Canton and, um, you know, and everything that happened up there. You know, before we look into Arcadia, just looking at junior hockey, you also had a brief stint as a scout with Flossen in the NOJHL. Uh, how did you find yourself scouting with Flossen, and how was that initial junior experience? So I ended up scouting uh, for Prowass in 2014-2015. That was the second year I was coaching in Big Rapids. Um, you know, I just found myself, I was watching a lot of players, um, and a lot of players that wanted to, you know, keep moving on. Um, so I just thought there was maybe something else I could, I could do other than coaching. Um, you know, then at the time, um, my roommate from Finlandia, Cole Workman, he wanted to get into coaching as well. And he, you know, was talking with me about, you know, Hey, who do we know that can really help us? And, um, he ended up, uh, knowing Chris Dawson from his time playing in the, in, in the Northern Ontario league. Um, Cole ended up getting the, um, the assistant job at Finlandia, but he ended up mentioning to, um, Chris Dawson, Hey, you know, my my friend Vinny from, from college, uh, you know, he's a high school coach in Michigan. He sees a lot of players. Uh, I think it would be, you know, a really good fit. So he, you know, got me connected with, with Chris Dawson and my role was, um, you know, the U S scout for them. So in their inaugural season, my job was just to, you know, scout and identify guys that to bring to camp, um, you know, on their inaugural team, we had two guys, which were guys that I scouted that uh, recommended to them. Um, and that really, um, you know, got me testing the waters of, of scouting and really learning to, to watch players and watch, you know, they had their system of doing things and how I had to rank players and watch them and exactly what they were looking for. So, you know, it was very, uh, very beneficial time for me. 
and very rewarding to help two players move from, you know, the state of Michigan on to junior hockey. Yeah. Anytime you can see a player progress and, and further their career, uh, even just one team above, it's, uh, it's obviously a, a very rewarding experience. And um, on your end, uh, to be able to get into scouting at that level is just another uh, key experience in your growth. So today you are now the head coach at Arcadia University. Uh, just discuss your role with the team and describe your outlook uh, for the program. Right. So I'm, uh, you know, I got hired in, uh, in October to uh, start the men's ice hockey program at Arcadia. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I'm starting this program from scratch. So, you know, some teams, uh, you know, have started with a club program um, and then moved that up to, you know, NCAA. But, you know, here we, we don't have anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm jumping right in and I'm, I'm doing everything from, you know, building our schedule to hiring a staff to, you know, designing jerseys, designing a locker room. Um, and then obviously player recruitment, um, you know, and I, you know, the school is, is set up to, to be very uh, successful. Um, it's a school that I personally would love to have gone to, you know, if I was, if I was still a student, um, you know, and I, I, I'm looking to start and create something unlike, you know, any other team in the country is really what my goal is to, is to have. Um, and, you know, I think we, we're really set up to do that. Um, you know, we're in a very competitive conference in the UCHC with some, some very good schools. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to starting, you know, the one unique thing is uh, most, most coaches get one year to start a program at the NCAA level, but you know, I'm actually getting two. So, um, you know, we don't start till the fall of 21. I was hired last October. So that's two full years for me to, to really take the time necessary to really start a, a program and be successful from, from day one. Yeah. That, that, uh, you know, extensive amount of time is really key and there's so many different things that go into building a team you know like you said the the jersey design the dressing room all these things that uh, most people just take for granted as being there already you really have to uh, dig deep and, and order you know really everything so um, you know the confidence that they have in you and in, in doing that job speaks to your abilities as well uh, you know while still creating the program there's um, you know the added pressure with COVID-19 and that kind of thing this summer uh, just talk about how that maybe alters your plans and and how you've been able to navigate through that. Right. So obviously with COVID, I know it's put a wrench in a lot of people's plans with with how they do things. Um, you know, and again, this is another really big benefit of me having the two years was, you know, getting a, a very good read off of of players already, you know, and having this this year already to to see and identify and watch guys. Um, obviously with COVID now it makes it a little bit challenging. Um, you know, but like I said, I, I, I've done a lot of homework and I've, I've seen a lot of players. So I guess just how I recruit now changes a little bit um, in terms of, you know, trying to get guys to come visit, how, you know, how is that going to work, um, you know, and, and, and watching guys play, you know, so now I'm relying a lot more on, on video and watching guys on hockey TV rather than seeing in person. And it's a little more now me you know, calling and, and touching base with guys instead of really seeing them um, in person. Um, which, you know, for me, I really, you know, like that aspect of seeing them in person and, and getting to know them and building those relationships uh, physically in person, um, you know, but now it's just got to be done in, in different formats. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's, it's like you said, anything um, that was planned for the summer kind of got a wrench thrown into it, as you, as you mentioned, but, um, you know, as, as long as you've got everything planned and, and you have your, uh, you know, your hockey TV and things like that to uh, help carry the load, it can, it can still be successful even with, uh, you know, not being able to get into the rinks and, and things like that, like we usually do. So uh, glad to hear that, you know, everything is still set in its course. Um, you know, while not everybody's familiar with the college game and that of the D3 level, I just talk about the caliber of play. You know, you said the, the high uh, compete level in that conference and, and just, you know, why you see it as a great place uh, for players to develop their game overall. Yeah, you know, Division three college hockey is, is really good. Like the amount of, of high caliber players I've seen that, you know, I think that could probably play division one, you know, are really out there, you know, maybe for one thing or another, they, they, they don't make it, they fall through the cracks, you know, maybe they, they're a late bloomer, uh, maybe uh, just um, eligibility wise, they don't qualify. Um, so the amount of guys that I've seen that, that are, you know, high end players, you know, in division three is out there, obviously, you know, like, uh, like, 
Coach TJ from Curry taught, uh, covered uh, just the amount of space that's out there. You know, there's not a whole lot of room in the NCAA level, both at Division One and Division Three. Um, so that makes it very competitive too. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize too how well NCAA Division Three programs are, are ran. They're ran just as just as good as a Division One program. Um, so just just having that um, and just you know having you know people. Uh, to be educated in Division Three, um, you know, is, is, is very obtainable to play pro hockey after it. You know, you know, my time in Canton, I, I'm, you know, about half of our, our players kept playing, you know, and then half of our players went and, and, and got jobs. So, you know, the ability to play post, uh, post-college there to Division Three level, um, you know, in, in terms of our conference, the UCHC, uh, you know, top to bottom, it's very, very good. You have to be able to uh, – you know, anybody can beat anybody on every night. Obviously, Utica uh, is the front runner in our conference. They're always nationally ranked. Uh, they play an unbelievable facility um, right there at the, at the pro rink. Um, you know, so our conference gives us the ability to be, um, you know, have some really good things right off, of, uh, off the start, too. Um, but we're also in uh, the MAC conference. So we're one of uh, five teams right now in NCAA Division Three that we actually play in two conferences, uh, which I think is very uh, unique and very beneficial for our guys. It just it gives us two, um, two championships to play for. It gives our guys twice the amount of uh, chances to get accolades and things like that. And, um, you know, I'm super excited to get started uh, in both conferences. Yeah, and I'm sure the players who uh, will come in will be very excited as well. Uh, anytime you can play in two conferences and get those added games and those added opportunities, it only helps the program overall and, and those players uh, in the long run. Um, you brought it up, TJ Manisterski talks about the – uh, the high level of D3 and a lot of people see D1 and, and D3 and you got to realize there's only so many spaces and um, as you said a lot of D3 players really should be at D1 level it's just you know there's only so many spots and, and so many seats so um, D3 really is a high competitive level and I've touched on how I've watched it in the past and um, I'm always interested in hearing the opportunities that are at that level and hopefully that players will uh, you know follow suit and, and look to further their careers and, and their abilities at those schools. So additionally, uh, break down the task of working with players at that level. Uh, you know, a lot of them are looking to move on in hockey, but as you uh, briefly touched on there, a lot of people are just looking for that next step in their lives, whether it's school uh, and getting jobs. So um, just talk about the balancing act of working with players with, uh, you know, multiple interests at hand. Right. Um... You know, the one thing I'll say that, you know, the, the NCAA level is, is very similar to, to coaching high school in that aspect where you have that group of guys that are still looking to play, but you also have the, that group of guys that are just looking to, to go on to the next step of their life um, and, you know, being college. So, you know, on the flip side, at our level, it's guys that, again, want to keep playing or guys that want to get a really good job, right? So first and foremost, one of the big things I – always a, a stress is that when you're looking at to play NCAA division three ice hockey is you, you know, we're academics first, um, you know, take away hockey. Uh, would you still go to this school is the one big thing um, that I look for. Um, obviously you can kind of tell right away um, the guys that are geared that want to keep playing versus the guys that, um, you know, just want to, you know, move on with their life and, and, you know, play four years of really good competitive NCAA ice hockey and, and, you know, we, we have both and that's awesome. Um, and both of them have, have great experiences, but, you know, you really notice that with, with a lot of the guys that want to do the extra work after practice and the guys that take care of themselves. Um, you know, I, I look at it that if you're playing NCAA division three ice hockey, it's like a job, right? This is your job now. Um, and everything that goes into it, uh, you know, you have to treat it like that, you know, what you eat, how you work out, how you sleep, how, what, what's your time management, like all that you know, translate. And you see that the guys that have that figured out and, 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 and do all that are usually the ones that, you know, end up moving on and playing. Yeah. Uh, a number of great points. And you talk about training as a job, you know, for those people that are really invested in the game, even if, um, you know, the next level doesn't work out for them, uh, the skills that you learn, even treating hockey as a job can be carried over into the workplace and, and things like that. But um, I think that's a great comparison to high school. It's almost like a, the same situation just a couple of years down the road where you have uh, people going in different directions and things like that. So a great point to bring up as well. Um, one opportunity that we uh, only briefly talked about here before we started recording was uh, your opportunity with Elite Prospects. Uh, maybe just talk about your role there with Elite Prospects and, and how you got involved and uh, your thoughts on you know the brand overall. 
So, you know, like many, like many hockey guys, like I'm a, I'm a stats nerd. Like I, I'm always on elite prospects myself, looking up guys and, you know, I'd spend hours on it. And, um, you know, when I was, uh, when I was on it, I would just sometimes, um, you know, see things that, you know, needed changing. Right. And I just, um, you know, I, I always thought it'd be really cool to work for, you know, a stats company. So I just, uh, I emailed the guy that, that run, runs it and said, Hey, you know, I'd be interested uh, on a, you know, not even getting paid right on a volunteer basis to, to do some work with you. You know, if that's, you're going to assign me a league to, to input or, you know, or anything, um, you know, I'll take whatever I, I can get. Um, so I ended up, um, you know, basically, he, you know, they gave me a few assignments, you know, Hey, I had to learn the system, how to input everything, how to do everything. Um, and then from there, um, you know, I, 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 I cover pretty much everything now. Um, you know, my, my title is, you know, North American league general updates. So, you know, I do everything, you know, so I'll go in there and, you know, every time I see something that, you know, needs to be fixed or needs to be changed, that's what I do. And I, you know, I enjoy it. Um, I really do. And, you know, I don't get paid for it either, which is, uh, you know, I never got into this business, you know, hockey to, to, to get paid. I did it cause I enjoyed it. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, that's still, uh, something that, uh, you know, I think about every day and, um, um, you know, that's taken me pretty far. Yeah. Another very unique opportunity and, one that we haven't talked about thus far on the podcast, but it kind of just goes to show that uh, if you want the experience, you know, there's not always pay involved, but as you summed it up perfectly there, we don't get into it for the money. It's uh, it's the thrill of the game and, and being involved in any side. And as someone who works in analytics, I can appreciate, uh, you know, just being a data entry person or, or data tracker or anything along those lines. Uh, it's still enjoyable and um, in a volunteer opportunity, you can still learn a lot uh, just through that and, and make a lot of connections. So um, definitely something that I'd uh, suggest others get involved in or something similar in the future if the opportunity is there. Um, for you personally, I know Elite Prospects is viewed as one of the best resources out there, along with HockeyDB and a number of other ones. But what are some of your favorite resources, whether it be sites like that or books, articles, Twitter followers, anything like that, that, uh, you look to, uh, you know, enhance your understanding of the game or life in general. Right. So I'm always, you know, constantly trying to get better myself and learn. Um, you know, I think the day you stop learning is the day that you, you know, don't become you know a good coach. Right. Um, you know, I'm young enough where I'm still really big in the social media. Um, so I follow tons of different people on Twitter. Um, you know, I follow a bunch of different people on Instagram, I'm really big looking at like skill drills on Instagram. Um, you know, I, I, I can't even, I don't even know off the top of my head what all of them are. Um, but every time I see, you know, something I like, I'll just save it, you know, on my phone and then revert back to it and, and, and draw it up so that I have it, you know, with all the stuff that I have. Um, and it just, when I'm on Twitter, like I'll just keep scrolling through. And if something catches my eye that someone else posted or retweeted, um, you know, I love reading articles from the coaches site. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I read a little bit. Um, I, I did more during quarantine, obviously having a lot of free time. Um, I just started getting a lot of books about, um, you know, different, different autobiographies, I guess, of, of different players and coaches. So the one that I'm reading now is called uh, uh, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, which is from the uh, Jason Brown, the head coach from uh, Last Chance U, uh, junior college football. Um, so that's the one I'm, I'm reading now. Um, obviously, I listen to a lot of podcasts, obviously being, you know, this being one of them. Uh, you know, I, I listen to uh, podcasts a lot when I'm on the road traveling for recruiting. Um, I've listened to this, the Hockey Thick Tank. Um, um, you know, obviously a little bit sometimes of Spin Chicklets I listen to too, just because just I'm, you know, just love listening to anything about hockey. Um, but just obviously anything that I can get my hands on and, and learn from. I really enjoy, you know, I was the guy that, uh, you know, when I was at, uh, when I was at Big Rapids coaching, um, I would be in the stands when the, the other division one team would come in and practice and, you know, just me coaching high school, I'd always be writing down different drills that I would see from them. Um, just, I'm always like, again, again, trying to learn. And um, the one thing I've always want to touch on is I'm always trying to tailor my craft, right? I'm always trying to make my craft better. Um, and that was something that I learned from Tim when I was at Big Rapids was I was really antsy on like just trying to move on to the next level. And I never, you know, he, he would always express to me to just really um, take in everything that you're learning now. All right. Don't, don't look ahead because you're really going to miss out on learning everything now. Um, 
learn to be a really good coach and, you know, be a really good assistant coach so that when you become a head coach, you know, you can be successful as a head coach. And with that, you always have to be learning and always, again, tailoring your craft. Yeah, that's a really good uh, learning lesson there. And, um, you know, on that topic, we as we move into the final uh, few questions here, you know, uh, a few mentors uh, were really key to your success early on. And I know you've mentioned them, but uh, going over that topic again, uh, who are some of those key mentors and maybe others that you didn't mention who have uh, helped you uh, succeed as a coach and uh, as a player and, and different things in your life? Right. So I'm, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to surround myself with some really good people. Um, and I think that's really big um, in the hockey world is to associate yourself with, with good people. Um, so to start, obviously, Coach Renela uh, from Traverse City West is a huge mentor for me. Um, he's helped me out uh, playing you know, and coaching. Um, you know, Tim uh, Blaschel at, at, uh, at Big Rapids was one that really uh, let me learn and let me kind of run with everything that I wanted to do and really uh, help me advance to the next level. Um, Corey Markham at Houghton, he was the first one to give me an opportunity, so he was a huge mentor for me. Um, you know, Bob Daniels at Ferris State gave me the opportunity to, to coach at the NCAA level. Um, you know, he saw – you know, a young kid that was, that was hungry to, to get, you know, into the break into the hockey world at a high level. And, you know, he didn't have to give me that opportunity, but he did. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, you know, Mark Kaufman and Drew Famulak at Ferris are big mentors to me, both um, in different aspects. Um, you know, one that we didn't touch on was, you know, my head coach at, uh, at Canton when I was the assistant, Alex Boak. Um, he's probably the most influential so far. Um, you know, Alex, um, you know, took me under his wing. He took a chance on me. He really let me develop as an assistant coach. He really, again, let me tailor my craft there at Canton. Um, he let me do a lot of different things. Obviously, uh, one was, was being, you know, the head recruiter there. And um, he really developed me into being a head coach. Um, and he gave me that opportunity. You know, when, I, when, he, when he hired me, you know, he said, you know, what, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go from here? Um, and, you know, he gave me that opportunity when, you know, some other coaches might just, you know, say, Hey, you're doing this, you're doing that. He really let me dive into what I wanted to do and really helped me, um, you know, build a program. And, uh, you know, I'm extremely grateful for Alex. He's one of my best friends to this day. We, you know, we, we talk every day still, I'm still very invested in Canton cause I was there for a while. Um, but he's a guy that, like I said, I'm extremely grateful for that opportunity that he gave me. Um, and, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch to this day. Um, one that, uh, you know, is, I guess is a little unique, a big mentor I have would be uh, my best friend from college, Cole Workman. Uh, he's another young, aspiring coach that, uh, you know, we like to trade ideas off of. Um, he's coached uh, at a number of different places. You know, he's coached juniors in the SIJHL. You know, he did, uh, he, he volunteered at Bemidji State. He was recently at St. Olaf. So, you know, we always try to learn and, and, and learn from each other, but, you know, um, to have a mentor that's, you know, the same age as you and is going through the same stuff as you. Um, not many people, you know, say that. And, but I, you know, again, um, I think you can learn from anybody and, um, you know, he's helped me, you know, learn some things as well. Yeah. So many good people in the hockey community. And, uh, we have a couple of different people that mentioned the, uh, you know, the roommates or people are same age. And I think it's always a good point because you really do learn from your peers and the people who, uh, you know, both of you are aspiring coaches and, uh, that drive is obviously there for both of you, but um, working together like that, you can get so much more out of the experiences and, and learn. And hopefully both of you uh, one day will be at the highest level. So just some great um, people that you've mentioned there, but uh, through talking with those people and working with those people, and then as a player as well, uh, what are the maybe the handful of uh, biggest lessons that you've learned uh, in your career thus far? Well, you know, I, I touched on a few, obviously I think a big lesson to me would be, you know, like obviously like, you know, so you associate yourself with good people, you know, try and meet as many people as you can. Um, you know, one that I would say is timing is very important is a lesson I've learned. Right. Um, you know, like, like I said, uh, um, you know, my opportunity at Ferris State came from timing. You know, they had a guy, like I said, guy leave late and, you know, I just walked right in in that position and, you know, you, you, you see that theme with a lot of guys. A lot of guys will mention that timing is, is crucial. Um, you know, again, that the tailoring your craft thing is a big lesson I've learned, right? Um, you know, one of the big lessons, too, that, uh, you know, that TJ um, 
they said that really stuck with me is, um, you know, there's really no guarantee with everything. You know, you can work hard and, and, and think you're doing a good job and you think you might deserve that next, that next job or that next step, but that's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not given. Right. So you really have to earn everything your way um, in coaching. Um, but yeah, I guess those would be the kind of the big ones uh, since I've been coaching. Yeah. Um, you know, that question always ties into everything we talked about, but uh, two really big takeaways there. And the fact of the timing, uh, a lot of times it, it is the case, but um, while timing was key, I think it also uh, speaks to your willingness to go into that previous position and, and spend that much time in the rink and, and learn the craft that when the timing was there for you, uh, you know, it was a seamless transition just because of the work that you had put in. Um, as a final question, if you could, uh, you know, talk to someone who is maybe looking to get into coaching or maybe even yourself coming out of high school or something along those lines, uh, what's one final piece of advice that you would give them in hoping that they would succeed in hockey operations or coaching? On, on, a, on a funny note, I'll say learn how to golf. Um, <laughs> just because, you know, you meet so many different people on the golf course and, you know, you know things happen on the golf course. But um, I'll say the, the biggest piece of advice would be to be, be yourself. Um, everywhere I've gone, I've just been myself. I've never tried to be something that I'm not. I've never tried to say something that what people wanted to hear. I've just said what I believed in and, and, and been myself. And, you know, that's really carried me further than, than, than anything was just me being me. Yeah. A really good takeaway there. And, uh, you know, if you be yourself and, and put yourself out there um, for the right reasons, people will, uh, you know, return it in, in twice as much. So, uh, just one of those little things that uh, I think is a great takeaway and people should look to do in every position that they do, um, you know, in hockey or, or just life in general. Uh, Vincent, I really want to thank you for taking some time here today to come on the podcast and talk about your career and, and talk about Arcadia. And uh, I know it's still a work in progress, but hopefully uh, things run smoothly and you guys are competing in your first season. And I wish you all the best moving forward. I appreciate that, Ryan. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. I'd like to thank Vincent for joining me on the podcast and touching on his various experiences as both a player and a coach. With a unique path that varies from some of my previous guests, we gain another perspective on the route in hockey, and I think people, including myself, are able to take a lot from this one. So again, I'd like to thank him for his participation. If you would like to get in touch with Vincent to discuss his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or contact HockeyMindsPodcast at Outlook.com and I can help make that connection for you. On the next episode of the podcast, I'll be joined by Harky Singh, NHLPA agent and president with Live Sports Entertainment. Harky, as many people know, is one of the nicest people you will meet in hockey, and when you fuse that personality with an extensive drive and work ethic, it makes for an interesting story and one that you will not want to miss out on on Sunday. Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening, and be sure to like and rate the podcast on the various platforms And let me know what you like about the podcast and what you want to hear more about so we can continually prove as we go. As always, stay safe and all the best.